Good morning, I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for March 4th, 2022. Today's Friday, so I'm going to take your questions. <clears throat> and I received questions from a number of people asking that I discuss this issue of Nazis in Ukraine. President Putin said one of the aims of the Russian military operations is to denazify Ukraine. He's been ridiculed for that. The media says that this is a fraudulent claim. There's a, an attempt to portray this as some kind of wacko conspiracy theory, when in fact the media itself in the past has covered the presence of neo-Nazis in the Ukrainian defense and security forces. And I want to review that to give people an understanding of how the media and the think tanks are involved in creating a narrative which is a lie as a way of attacking what President Putin has been saying, which on this case is easily provable. Let's start with quotes from one of the leaders of the neo-Nazi movement, a man named Yevhen, Yevhen Karas, a leader of a group called C-14. Uh, he was interviewed in, on February 26th of this year and he was asked about his group's involvement in the Ukraine military and defense forces. He said, we have, we, were now, we have now been given so much weaponry, not because, as some say, the West is helping us, not because they want the best for us, but because we perform the tasks set by the West, because we are the only ones who are ready to do them, because we have fun. We have fun killing and we have fun fighting. And he said, that's the reason for the new alliance, Turkey, Poland, Britain, and Ukraine. We are the flagmen here because we have started a war that has not been seen for 60 years. So imagine how many weapons we have, how many veterans we have. That's a quote from Karas, a leader of C-14. Now, what is C-14? Well, on November 7th, 2019, there was a question posed to the European Union uh, Commission under the security policy, uh, is C-14 a Nazi or a neo-Nazi group? And the person who answered the question said that members have been charged with hate crimes, distributing racist materials, and carrying out attacks on minorities. So the European Union, in front of its parliament, admitted that. Now. Furthermore, the State Department in the past has characterized C-14 as a hate group. And yet when the, this was covered in a Ukrainian newspaper that they're a hate group and a neo-Nazi group, they sued the newspaper and the Ukrainian Court of Appeals rated or ruled that they are not a neo-Nazi group, despite the fact that they use symbols from the SA and the SS, the stormtroopers from the Nazi era. Now, when you hear this, th 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 there's more. Let me give you more from this, the interview with uh, Karas. He said, Maidan, that is the coup in Maidan Square that was carried out in February two 2014, was the victory of the nationalist ideas. Nationalists, by which he means his group, were the key factor there and clearly at the front lines. And then he said, well, people are saying there were only a few Nazis. And here's how he answered that. 
There were not much Nazis on Maidan, maybe about 10% of real ideological ones. So he's acknowledging that they were part of what would be called a Nazi movement. But he said, the thing is that such a thing can be said that there, there are not many Nazis, only by a moron that was never at war and doesn't understand that those 10%, maybe even less, 8%, but how much they are much more effective in the proportion of influence, how much their effectiveness was endless. If not for those 8%, Karas added, the effectiveness of Maidan would have dropped by 90%. And he said, numbers are not the point. Uh, that He said, influence, did we have influence? If not for the nationalists, the whole thing would have turned into a gay parade, unquote, referring to the Maidan. So that's from one of the leaders of the groups. Now, if you look through past coverage, I'll just give you a few examples. Reuters on March 19, 2018, had an article titled, Ukraine's Neo-Nazi Problem. That's 2018. And it said, there's a growing problem of far-right vigilantes who use intimidation and even violence to advance their agendas and who often do so with the tacit approval of law enforcement agencies. Now, the article goes on to say that people who are trying to dismiss this charge say that such militias have been, quote, reined in. How are they reined in? Through their integration into Ukraine's armed forces. It's these militia units, typified by the Azov Battalion, which have been in the front lines of the murder and destruction carried out in the Donbass against Russian ethnic population there. Um, one of the leaders of the Azov Battalion, Andrei Biletsky, has been an advisor to the interior minister and to the chief of, of the military forces. So these are not marginal groups, and they're not being reined in. They're being deployed, as Kara said, uh, because they're the ones who are doing the fighting and are willing to do the fighting, the dirty work. Now, to give you a further sense of this, there was an article just posted by Ben Norton in Consortium News on February 28th, which gives more background on these Nazi uh, operations. And he pointed out that in June 2014, the Atlantic Council wrote an article, The Battle for Mariupol, now, Mariupol is again in the news because this is where there's some of the more intense fighting between Ukrainian forces and Russians. Now, the Atlantic Council is one of the leading think tanks of the British and U.S. operations. It was originally set up in 1961 to coordinate the both sides of the Atlantic, the, the North America and with European but it's especially a British-American think tank. And it's one of the leading promoters of the idea that Russia must be crushed. And that the, 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 the head of the Atlantic Council, Frederick Kemp, recently said that the Russia-China alliance was the greatest threat to the unipolar order. Now, in June 2014, they had an article, The Battle, Battle for Mariupol, was written by a reporter who was embedded in the Azov Battalion that was leading the fight against the pro-Russian forces in Mariupol. And he proclaimed in the article 
that these were forces that were supported by the Ukrainian government that came in from the coup, and that Poroshenko, then the president of Ukraine, declared them to be heroes. So the acknowledgement by the Atlantic Council that these were not uh, fringe elements, but were key to the defense of Ukraine. Then in 2018, they had a slightly different take. The Atlantic Council had an article titled, Ukraine's Got a Real Problem with Far-Right Violence. And it just reviewed the connections of these groups to the interior and security forces of the Ukrainian government. Now then two years later, in 2020, the Atlantic Council had another article which again flipped, titled, Why Azov Should Not Be Designated a Foreign Terrorist Organization. And they admitted in this article that Azov's ideology comes from neo-Nazi beliefs, but must be accepted because, quote, it's an integral part of official structures of the state and follows orders given by the interior ministry, unquote. Now, listen to that again. When, when Putin warns of Nazi elements in Ukraine, and the Western media says that's paranoia, that's fantasy, that's, that's psychological warfare, and so on, the supporters of that warfare against Russia acknowledge that what Putin is saying is true. If they say that their ideology comes from neo-Nazi beliefs, but must be accepted because it's an integral part of official structures of the state of Ukraine and follows orders given by the interior ministry. And the article concludes by saying that to, to call it a government-sponsored Nazi group would be, quote, a gift to the Kremlin, unquote. So to tell the truth is what this Atlantic Council article is saying, would be a gift to the Kremlin. Why? Because the Kremlin is right when it's saying that given the experience that the Russian people had with the actual Nazis from World War II, which resulted in about 27 million deaths, to acknowledge that Nazis are now embedded in the security forces in their neighbor, which is being incorporated into an all-out assault against Russia. Uh, to say that uh, is a gift to the Kremlin. Well, that's where we see the lies and censorship and the importance of this. Now, there's another article in this month's or this week's Consortium News, which makes the point that when Putin warned that Ukraine is trying to develop nuclear weapons, that he's absolutely right about that. And the Ukraine has a capability to do that. So on two major issues of security that the Russian president raised, it turns out he was right. His concerns were legitimate. Not saying the, the invasion and everything involved with that is right and legitimate, but his complaints about the Western policy and that they're not listening and unwilling to provide security guarantees against the Nazis who are attacking the population in the Donbass and about the desire to have nuclear weapons on Ukrainian soil, Putin is right. And this gets to the real question of what's the intent of this Western propaganda war against Russia. And it's to isolate Putin and to bring down his government. Why? Because his government is one of the major impediments 
to the imposition of a global central banker's dictatorship called the Great Reset and a Malthusian genocidal policy called the Green New Deal. And that's what the war is about at this point in Ukraine, not about the freedom-loving Ukrainian people. There are many freedom-loving people in Ukraine, there's no question about it. But their government has allowed itself to become a tool of these far-right neo-Nazi elements. Now, in the U.S., where we have the FBI and other agencies searching under every bed to find a, a far-right neo-Nazi nationalist, here it is right in front of their face that that's what's involved in, in the Ukraine government, and they're suppressing that information. To, and that's why the, the American population is a victim of this incredible Goebbels-style war propaganda. So the, the answer to the question, are there really Nazis in Ukraine? The answer is yes, there are. And they're being supported and armed and trained by the US and NATO. That's my report for today. I'll be back with you on Monday. Spread this around, get the news out. Let's de-brainwash the population in the United States, which is a victim of the worst form of press censorship and lies.